Life gets hard when you get down. I'm just trying to figure my shit out. What's going on, guys? My name is Mark Anthony Joe. And I'm Grace Frisella. And welcome to the show. You still haven't picked a name yet? <laughs> no, we've just got to figure out. We just got to figure out the new intro. To be honest, that's that's. Oh, the thing well, I didn't know you picked a name. Yeah, well, I, I think we're just gonna call it Mark and Grace, or Grace and Mark. You know, one of the that's two. So lame. Which one sounds better, Mark and Grace or Grace and Mark? I feel like there's there's got to be some psychology behind this, where they say that you probably naturally uh, would prefer whichever one starts with your name. No, I actually prefer Mark and Grace. Yeah, I think I think Mark and Grace um, does sound better too. So it's gonna be Mark and Grace, okay? Uh, my buddy Marvin. It's actually you know we're just buddies over Instagram. He's he's a long time supporter of mine, um, and I just appreciate him so much. And it's so cool that he is gonna win the contest, the name contest, because we we've been chatting for so long, and he's just so supportive of everything I've I've done. Um, so it's cool. We're going to be able to gift him something really, really cool. And I'm going to let you guys know what he gets, too, just because, um, you know, we're, we want to make it a, a personalized gift. But anyway, welcome back to the show. Um, appreciate you guys for showing up, as always. Seriously, if this is your first time listening, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, all right, for tuning in. Uh, we, I mean, I mean, you know, I've said it a million different ways and a million times, but it never really... Um, I never really get tired of, of reminding you guys because I feel like it's important. It's important that you guys understand that, like Grace and I, we we show up here and and we don't really have an ulterior motive. There's we don't gain um, anything from doing the show other than you know a sense of fulfillment and and we get to you know do this together, which I think is really cool. But the truth is, we show up for you guys. We show up because we really really care, um, not just about our crew and our people and people who feel the same way that we do about things. We care about society. We care about people in general on a big scale. And, you know, we love to see people win. We love to see people uh, progress and grow through life. We love to see people, you know, really just live, live the richest experience um, that they have an opportunity to live. Like we, we love it, right? Good vibes only is a hashtag that I use all the time. And that's what's coming to my mind right now. Like that's why we show up because we feel like through our shared experiences and our individual experiences, um, we've gained very different perspectives on the world. Um, we've learned a lot of really, really valuable lessons. And, and you know what? Grace and I are doing pretty good in life. Like we're, we're, you know, and I say that humbly, but we're doing, we're doing pretty well. We own a business and, and we're just, we're just enjoying the journey and we want, we want to really bring some people with us. We want to bring you guys with us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for showing up. Um, if you get any value out of this episode or any of the episodes you listen to, please share it. Like, like the easiest thing you could do is like share the show on your Instagram story and let people know what you're listening to. Like that, that helps us a lot. Um, and then not only that, especially if you're listening on Spotify, but really regardless of what platform you're listening on, um, something that literally takes one and a half seconds, okay, for you to do is just rate the show, okay? If you haven't rated the show yet, please take a moment, rate the show. It literally takes less than two seconds. All you got to do is click the number of stars and press submit. Um, and that, that also helps us out a lot. So thank you for showing up. Um, and without further ado, let's, we're going to get into this episode probably, I mean, who knows? Sometimes I, I'm always reluctant to say this won't be a very long episode because you guys know I'm pretty long-winded. But um, yesterday, Grace and I actually, just random thing before we get into it, because Grace is probably going to be pretty fired up about 
uh, today's topic, especially because she just has so much more knowledge and experience in the area. But um, yesterday, Grace and I had a couple um, friends of ours, okay? They're, they're a couple as well. We had them over to dinner. And it's so funny. Um, it's so funny. You can tell, like, I was reminded that we don't really have people over for dinner very often because... Uh, you. Well, yeah, well, yeah, me. But first of all, we sit down. We, we, we cooked steak, uh, potatoes, and we had salad and some other things. Back up. Let's start from the beginning. What? When you were late to your own dinner party. <laughs> Guys, I grew up, my mom was the hostess. Is she not? Kara's oh, the hostess oh, of the all host. time. Yeah. And she's just like the best at having people over. She's the best at entertaining. Like think Barefoot Contessa on steroids. Like my mom is an incredible host. And so I naturally have just kind of fallen in the same footsteps, but... Mark and I just really haven't had very many people over, mostly because it's Mark's house, and I don't. A, hold on, I'm a pretty good host though. Just yesterday, I was I was off my game. Well, you've only hosted people over here maybe couple twice. Times, couple times. I had friendsgiving. You had friendsgiving. Yeah, you did two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> two years ago. Anyway. But anyway, so I'm at home cooking, and our guests show up, and Mark is nowhere to be found because. He's out apparently at the gym and then running an errand for me and then shows up probably 25 minutes after our guests do. And they were like, well, where's Mark? And I literally didn't even know what to say. <laughs> so anyways, okay, okay, so now we're up to speed. So that's how the night started. Um, and then we sit down for dinner. We had steak, potatoes and salad. And we sit down for, for dinner and I realized that we don't even have any steak knives. Like I lived in my house by myself for so long. Like I, I, I didn't, ha I wasn't in a relationship before I met Grace. Like I was, you know, kind of kept to myself and I wasn't dating or anything. Um, so I've never really had people at my house consistently. So I've only ever needed like one of certain things. I only need one steak knife. I only. He's the guy that goes to IKEA and buys one fork, one spoon. <laughs> One yeah, knife. So so yes, we cup. sit down and we, we don't need we literally don't even have steak knives, so we're all cutting our steaks with butter. Uh, fortunately, Grace brought some bought some pretty good steaks because they did cut all right. Um, and then this is this is actually the part that I didn't get embarrassed about the steak knives. Like I wasn't embarrassed in the least. Like that's just how I've always lived. You know, it's fine. I've always lived by myself. I only have one steak knife. Fine. But then we sit down and I know that the person the people that we're sitting with, like you know, one, they really like sauces. So like I grabbed the ketchup, but two, like they like salt. Like I do. I like salt. And I get up from the table to go grab the salt and pepper. And I remember I don't even have salt and pepper shakers. All I have is literally the big, like the Morton cylindrical, yeah, the big cylindrical salt dispenser, salt dispenser. <laughs> like the big bulk one. And I typically just, yeah, I mean, I use that. I mean, I like to buy it cause it's cost effective and I, I'm not really too worried about having a salt and pepper Babe, shaker, but I, at that point, salt and pepper shaker costs 99 cents. I, I know, cost but, effective, my ass. But at that point, I was a little, <laughs> I was a little bit embarrassed. I'm like, guys, I only have the big salt. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I was embarrassed when you shot up late. Uh, <laughs> anyway, well, I love hosting people, but next time we need to get like some more. I know preparations I know. We will. We ahead will. of time, but. All right, so this is not anywhere near related to the topic yeah, what that are we I talk had about in mind today. today. But okay, so 
completely shifting gears. My little brother, my little brother is not so little anymore. He is 18 years old and he let, leaves for um, Ole Miss. I almost said Mizzou. He leaves for Ole Miss tomorrow morning to uh, go move into his dorm for the first time. Hey, He's a freshman, freshman in year. college. Yeah. Um, and we had his little send off lunch um, today. And it was, you know, we just, all my parents could talk about was like all things move in logistics and do they need this wire rack or this fridge or this whatever and it was just so funny and kind of threw me back got me thinking about college and you know my college experience and just kind of wanted to dive into the topic of higher education as a whole today because it is such an interesting topic to talk about when you really get to deep dive into it. Yeah, I think higher education is one of those topics. Like th- there's a there's definitely several. There's several um and I would call them industries in our country, like in our country only, you know, because I feel like a lot a lot of this stuff is really specific to the United States. Um but there's a lot of industries that really, really, really get me fired up when you look when you look into them when you kind of like peek under the surface. Um, like the pharmaceutical in- industry is like a perfect example, or like the medical industry in general, as far as doctors and hospitals and the way that they bill us and things like that. Um, so healthcare, and then uh, higher education is another one of those industries that just drives me nuts when I actually think about it and start looking into it, looking under the surface, because it primarily because, well, there's actually a multitude of reasons. Okay. One of the things that drives me nuts about higher education is sort of like the, the extent to which it has been drilled into our heads that that's what qualifies you um, for life and that you need that in order to be successful in life, it kind of has left some people, and it's definitely not all. I would even say it's a minority of people, but I can't tell you how many people that I personally interacted with throughout the course of my life that almost like they, they hold themselves, like it's almost like they put themselves on a pedestal because they have a college degree. And I oh, and I've literally said this to a few of them, like, hey, don't don't confuse education with intelligence, okay? Just because you're highly educated does not mean that you're highly intelligent. And then vice versa. Just because I'm not extensively educated, guys, I I dude, I barely graduated high school, and it's not for the sake of grades, okay? I was a straight A student my entire life, okay? Um, but my brother died when I was a sophomore. I, I, you know, moved out, left my parents' house when I was 16 years old. Okay, I was like in a really bad spot in my life, and I just didn't want to keep showing up to school. Unfortunately, my high school let me double up on classes. I was already taking like AP classes in 10th grade. Okay, so I was a very good student, but um, they let me double up. I graduated high school early, but that's the only. If they didn't let me do that, I wouldn't even have a. I wouldn't even have a high school diploma. That's the truth. Okay, I'm not like a school person, and so sometimes I literally have personal friends that are doctors. I have I can think of one person right now who has her doctorate and sometimes she talks to me as if I'm stupid because she's very educated and I'm uneducated, you know, in her opinion. And it's like, man, that's one of the things about higher education, but looking at it as an industry, guys, I think people lose sight of the fact that some of these most of these schools, okay, outside of your state schools, 
These are fucking private schools. Privately owned. No, they're not owned. They're not for profits. Uh, okay, but they're owned by they're, somebody. They're privately funded. Privately funded. And you know what? They're they're non-for-profits. But, but guess what, guys? There's a profit somewhere in these motherfucking non-for-profits. Because if there weren't, then so many people wouldn't be wouldn't be opening up non-for-profits. Okay? And so there's money going somewhere. And Grace was actually just looking up some some statistics. And we're looking at the amount of money that these schools have on hand. We're looking at, you know, some of their their uh, policies and procedures about how they accept and deny people. And, and, and it's just like, the more you dig, honestly, the more upset you become, you know? Well, okay, so to talk about some of those numbers, um, according to US News, if you wanna fact check me around here, um, as of 2020, at the end of the fiscal year, Harvard University's endowment was nearly $42 billion with a B. That was the highest recorded endowment of that year. Yale was trailing behind them at a mere $31 billion with a B. Then Stanford, $28.9 billion. Princeton with $25.9 billion. And it just continues on with MIT... University of and Pennsylvania. Also, hold on, can I can I just interject here? Like, think about the names of the schools that she just named. Think about the standard that's set here in America. Like, what, like when we talk, when we think about higher education, what is the standard? Like, what's the standard? Like, what's what is the best of the best? Okay. Well, if you were to 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 write out a list of the top five most prestigious schools in the United States, which, by the way, these are this is just what we've been told. Here's the deal. I don't know if a, if a degree from Harvard is any more valuable than a degree from your local uh, state school. Like I, I don't I don't know if it actually is if it translates to anything. I don't know if there's a if there's a greater return on investment for that degree than any other degree. It's just Harvard. Like it's almost like buying a belt. Okay, I can get a belt from TJ Maxx that holds my pants up. In fact, I've got a belt that I've been wearing for three years that I bought from TJ Maxx. But I could also buy a belt from Gucci that cost literally a hundred times as much, and and it and it lasts the same amount of time. So like just like that belt, these degrees are no different. They're interchangeable. You got a you have a degree in psychology, it's a degree in psychology. You have a degree in mental health counseling, it's a mental health. If you have a uh, an, uh, a geology degree, okay, well, it's a geology degree no matter where you go. Yes and no. No, I get it. There's a little yes bit of no, this, just like the Gucci belt. Well, right? but here's the thing, right? Okay, so I, I really wanted well, to... I think you should clear up what, what endowment is before you move on. So she said those numbers, like $42 yeah. billion dollars in an endowment. What is so that? So an endowment is a fund for a non-for-profit organization that is given by donors and kind of the catch 22 with an endowment is that you the donors kind of have a say in where the money goes and what is done with the money um and so which that's fishy in and of itself because basically what the, what that translates to is that these people these very 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 rich wealthy powerful people okay they're they're quote unquote they're writing this stuff off as a donation, okay? So they'll donate let's several million dollars at a time, and then now that is a tax advantage for them, okay? But the catch twenty two that Grace is referring to is that those schools can only spend that money in ways that they are okay with, okay? So they have a say in how that donation is used, which is cool. It sounds reasonable, but what if they what if the school and the donor 
have shared interests, right? What if they have shared interests, which you can bet your ass that they do. If they have shared interests, well, now I'm, I'm, I have the tax advantage of giving you X amount of millions of dollars and you have to use it to my advantage. You have to use it in a way that I think is appropriate. All right. So it, it's really a fishy situation when you think about it. But well, before we dove into that, I kind of wanted to just start with my own college experience, because yeah. then <clears throat> um, then we can branch off on, you know, the different avenues of well, what. Can you also include that one last fact that you, you actually started with? You were telling me in casual conversation before you actually started looking up data, you, you were saying something about the acceptance uh, of scholarships. Like the, the $42 oh, so, billion dollars in endowment. Yeah, so with endowments in private universities, a lot of them are not merit-based. And what that means is with a merit-based scholarship, it's dependent on how you performed in high school. So they take a holistic approach, so they say, and look at your grades. They look at your extracurriculars. And now they're getting to a point where they're even looking at other things um, to pull in. But just just speaking on merit-based, it's, it's performance-based on your application. It's like a holistic approach. Yep. Now, need-based is what the type of scholarship that they have been saying that the endowment funds, right, is need-based scholarship or aid-based. So what that means is when you apply for college, you fill out the FAFSA form, which is the federal tax form, and it's based on your parents' income, and it basically calculates this number that the government says that your parents can afford to send you or can afford to pay to send you to college. So what the colleges do then is they receive your FAFSA form, they look at that number that your parents can supposedly afford. Whether they can or not is a completely different story, but just based on their income alone and what the government thinks they should be able to pay, the school looks at that number and then says, okay, well, we can give you X amount. Now, okay, if you're in a position where your parents truly do not make enough money to send you to college, then this could be a really beneficial scenario for you and open up a lot of opportunities for you. However, there is a huge group of people in the middle class that are excluded from these aid-based scholarships because the combined income of the household is above the threshold number that the government looks for to provide that aid. And those schools are in that same situation. So what, what happens or what tends to happen is the schools like Harvard, Yale, Princeton, those universities, really it's any school, but particularly those schools because their tuition is upwards of $70,000 a year, they are unable to provide you any scholarship at all because the government says that you should be able to pay for it and they don't offer merit-based scholarships to you based on your um, performance or your accolades in high school. And so you're left saying, even if you get it, which some of these schools, the acceptance rate is 3%. Stanford is 3% of people who apply get in. Even if you get in, you might be looking at $70,000 a year for undergrad education. Well, my thing, my thing is that she, she was just listing off a a number of, of endowment funds, like those numbers. Okay. So the the one I remember is at Harvard, Harvard has $42 billion 
they have $42 billion stored and, and to use at their disposal how, however they see fit, okay? However the donors see fit. However the donors see fit, which is the catch, right? And they literally do not offer merit-based scholarships. Well, I'm sure they offer a few. But, but, but it's but not enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. but getting into Harvard is hard enough. Getting a scholarship from Harvard, which are few and far between. That's merit-based. It's like... Yeah. It, like the teeny tiniest little chance that okay. you can do that. But they'll give you an aid-based scholarship, you know, and, and, and it's just, it's sort of like one of those situations where it's almost like reverse discrimination. Like that's what it is. Like these people are getting in or, or, or they're getting their school paid for. Um, and, and it's not, it's the, the problem that I have with it is just that it's not based on merit. It doesn't take into account merit. It takes into account what you can afford or where you come from or um, even what color you are. I know for a fact that that's actually something that they take into account. They, they have a, a quota. They have a ratio where they have to have certain number of minorities that they accept. And it's like, man, things like that are, are they always, and guys, reminder, okay, in case you've never seen me before. All right, I, I would technically be classified as a minority. Okay, I'm not a I'm not a white person sitting here saying this. Right, this is not coming from a privilege. I, I come from two drug addicted parents. I've been homeless. I've been poor. Um, I, I was in and out of foster care my entire uh, first half of my life uh, so far. So like I, I get it. Like I'm one of those people that probably would benefit from a lot of this reg these regulations. Right. Um, but still, like when they sit, when they when they implement quotas like that, like hey, you gotta have X percent of your acceptance every year needs to be black people. X percent of your acceptance rate are accepted uh, new accepted students every year needs to be Hispanic, right? When they implement stuff like that, what what happens is you literally end up in a scenario where people are being denied because of the color of their skin. They're being denied because they're white, even though. They might be more qualified, even though based on merit, they might have earned that opportunity. They may have worked their whole life to try to get into Harvard. And you know what? They, they're, they're at the back of the, of the pack for the top X percent of white people. OK, and so they, they miss the opportunity because we have to reserve that for somebody of a different color. Man, that is literally reverse racism. Well, and not not only. That's an interesting point that you make, but but on the flip side of that, what if you are a student who gets into a school because of some other factor besides your performance and the, and the things that you've done to quote unquote earn your spot there? Of like, so you got in because of an outside factor, and you're underqualified, and it's to no doing of your own because you worked your ass off. It's not a discredit to you. Yeah. But you applied and you got in based on external factors. It's so dis it would be so incredibly disheartening as a student. Like if you are not meant to be in an institution, then you should not be in an institution. What I mean by that is like if I am not qualified to be at Harvard and yet I get into Harvard and I'm taking these classes and I'm doing terribly in these classes because I'm not fit to be in these courses or I, I'm falling behind or I'm not able to, you know, do X, Y, or Z because I'm literally 
not qualified to be there. And and I don't want to say that as like an insult. I mean, just like matter of fact, like yeah, it's just a fact of the matter. You know, it really it's is. like it's like it's you're doing a disservice to the student. You're you're it's almost like a you're putting the student in a position to where they feel less than. Yeah. But it's your fault. Like yeah. it's your fault that they feel that yeah, way. With, with good intentions, like like I said in the beginning, like I think a lot of these things they sound good in theory and they sound good on paper, but but that's just not the. I mean, it's so crazy. I I, I was just gonna say that's not the world that we live in, but unfortunately, it actually is the world that we live in. You know, like it, like things are not merit based anymore, and everybody gets a trophy, and everybody's special in the society that we live in, and nothing is earned, everything is given, and it's like, guys, we're. I, I, I know that for the people that that appreciate that, for the people that like handouts, for the people that want an easy path, an easy road, I'm sure that you guys love that about the way that our culture has progressed over the past 10, 20 years uh, away from like a competitive individualistic society and, and, and more towards a, uh, I don't even want to say the word, but more of like a socialist sort of approach. Um, but like in the it it, it it does everybody a disservice. It does everybody a disservice, right? Like what what happens when people when when we stop operating based on merit? Like in society as a whole, what happens when it no longer matters who's most qualified for the job? Uh, but we gotta pick who we gotta pick, right? What happens is collectively across the board the standard of performance, the standard of you know, yeah, I guess I would say the standard of performance goes down because now people stop striving to be the best because they realize that that's not actually the that's not actually what's going to either get them the job or get them accepted or what people stop striving to be the best because competition is not what's dictating who gets who gets selected. Right. And, and that is a problem because as a well, it is because as a society as a whole, if we stop competing, if we stop striving to be the best in our individual field, then the collective standard gets lower. And these other countries and places out there in the world, their their industries, their their students or their employees in each industry are going to surpass us. It's going to it's going to surpass us. And and you know what? The quality of our experience and, and, and sort of the progression of our technology and the progression of our industries, it's all going to slow down. It's all going to slow down because there's no, there's, there's no incentive. There's no reason why you need, to, you need to try to be the absolute best that you can be because that is not what's dictating whether or not you're rewarded. And that's, that, I think, is, is a scary – it's a really scary thought. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's dive into, like, my experience with college a little bit and just kind of how I – came to be where I am, um, I went to a college preparatory school who's um, known for their education and they're very, very strong in their academics. Um, in St. Louis, we have a bunch of all-girls schools and a bunch of all-guys schools. They're private schools and it's really weird. I've never seen another city or heard of another city that does their education system like the private schools in St. Louis, but I did go to an all-women's private college preparatory school. My graduating class's average ACT score was a 30. All right, so just wrap your brain around that. I, had I don't a, even know. What, what is out of 36, out of? which oh, like a 36 is... Like, it's nearly impossible, although my best friend from high school did get a perfect score. And I had a damn smart group of friends. Like, I felt 
dumb. Like I really did. I felt stupid until I got to college. And then I realized how much more prepared I was, um, than a lot of the other people that I was in college with. But, um, when I was in college, it was like the cool thing to do to apply to the most notorious, highly rated colleges that you possibly could. Right. So, I was getting recruited um, for field hockey and I was looking at a couple of different colleges. I was looking at one in Memphis called Rhodes College. It's a really small liberal arts college. I was also getting recruited by Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. And that was like my number one pick for a while. Johns Hopkins is a D3 school. And if you guys know anything about divisions or anything about college sports in general, you know that division one and two are the only divisions that can um, give out scholarships for sports. And so division three schools can't give you any uh, money for sports, but they can give you academic money if the school sees fit. Okay. So I believe that at the time that I was applying for um, or getting ready to apply for Johns Hopkins, I had flown up there probably two times. Um, to play with the girls and visit the school and, and see Baltimore and everything. And the tuition, I think, was $52,000 a year plus $10,000 of room and board. Um, and so you're looking at about 62 Gs a year for undergrad. And Johns Hopkins was this shiny object for me because I wanted to go into the medical field. I wanted to be a pediatrician. And Johns Hopkins has one of the world's best medical schools. Now, I came to find out when I got up there that just because you went to Johns Hopkins undergrad doesn't even guarantee you any sort of shot or favoritism for Johns Hopkins med school. So that was kind of a rain on my parade. But um, I also found out that with my... Uh, background in, in what I had done with my GPA and my ACT score was not going to be able to, the coach said that she was not going to be able to guarantee me a spot into the school. Um, and I don't know, you know, I'll share it and I don't want this to be like, Oh, I'm sharing this for pride, but I'll share my, my stats. I graduated with a three, nine GPA and a 32 ACT score. Um, and I wasn't even in the top 20% of my graduating class. That's an unweighted GPA. I think my weighted GPA was like 4.2 or something, but, um, but yeah, so I wasn't, I wasn't stupid, but that was crazy. So then not only was I looking at this school that couldn't give me any money for field hockey, but it's one of those schools that we were talking about earlier that also doesn't really give merit-based scholarships. So you had like five opportunities, I think, that I qualified for to even apply based on my profile. Um, and there's no way in hell. Like if I was, if I was going to barely get into the school, how the heck was I going to get one of these scholarships? And so um, I would be looking at almost $200,000 of debt because I was in that bracket, in the middle bracket, $200,000 of debt for an undergraduate degree. And then not only that, but I would wanted to go to medical school afterwards, which is about $100,000 a year. Okay. But think about how old are you at the time? 18. So here's another huge issue that I have is like. They'll give you, I mean, they'll, they'll give you, without even blinking, they'll give you a $200,000 loan to go to college. But if you're 18, and 18 years old, you don't have any credit, 
You don't have any life experience. You have no idea. You don't even, you, most of you going to college, you don't even know what you want to do with your life yet. You literally don't even know. Like Grace said, hey, I wanted to be a pediatrician. But that was just a thought. That was just a thought. It wasn't like a, it wasn't a, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't, a, wasn't certain. Right. It wasn't even certain. So there's a chance that I might want to be a pediatrician and you've got to pay 200 thousand dollars to find out now the same 18 year old kid okay because that's what you are when you're making this decision to sign up for a two hundred thousand dollar loan okay the same 18 year old kid walks into a bank and wants to open uh wants to start um a doggy daycare okay and they ask for i don't know 80 grand let's say they ask for 80 grand okay what do you think the chances are that you're going to get that loan Right? Maybe let's say you ask for 20 grand. Let's say you ask for $20,000. You want to start a dog walking business where you don't even have an overhead, you don't have inventory, nothing. Guess what? You're getting fucking turned away. You're getting turned away for a $20,000 loan, but they'll give you 200,000 and bury you in debt. Literally, it will take you the next 10 years after you get out of college to pay that loan off and they'll give it to you without even blinking. What, where is the fucking logic in that? Yeah. I just don't understand. Like where, and, and this is the thing like, I, okay. So well, here's the thing. It, if, if you guys haven't gathered this yet, I don't have a college degree. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not technically very educated in the traditional sense. And the, the, the major problem that I get, that's sort of at the root of the major problem that I have with, with the higher education is that one, we've set this standard, like you need to, as soon as you're done with college, you need to, you, you, or excuse me, as soon as you're done with high school, you need to go into college, right? You need to decide what you want to do with the rest of your life. Well, I think that's the issue. That, that's, it's so, that's it's so bad right that they want you to go right from high school to well, college. No, the issue that they want you to decide what you want to do with the rest of your life that it makes it feel like you're never ever going to be able to change your mind. Yeah, well, that that that's sort true of pressure too. that's put on the youth of today to decide at 18 years old, less than, decide at 16 because that's when you start looking at colleges and start taking AP classes so you can get college credit. What you're going to do for what feels like the rest of your entire life and then you go $200,000 in debt, some guys, and it's all towards this degree of what you picked when you were 18 and God forbid you go to medical school and then get out of it and decide after your $400,000 in debt that it's not what you want to do that anymore. That's not what you want to do. Well, well, Grace, what did I, so when Grace was thinking about, um, leaving her job, so Grace left her job several months ago and, um, that's actually how we ended up starting the business that we own now. Right. But when Grace was leaving her job, she, she kept saying, man, I just don't know what to, she would tell me. We would talk about it. Man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. And I kept telling her, Grace, you ain't supposed to know. How the fuck are you going to know what you want to do with your life? You ain't never done anything. Yeah. You, you, you've got to go into the world and like immerse yourself in it. Like literally just don't worry about nothing. Go spend some time. Go explore. Immerse yourself in life and culture and people and cities. And I promise you you will come up with an idea for what you want to do with your life. And, and that's exactly what happened. But when you're 16 years old or 17 years old at 18 years old and people start pressuring you about applying to colleges and you've got to check a box of what you want to major in, you don't fucking know. 
You don't fucking know. The only thing you've ever done in your whole life is what your parents have done with you, and you fucking played sports, okay? That, that's it. That's the only thing you've ever... You went to chess club or whatever you did, but you don't have any legitimate life experience. You, you, most, most kids, I'll say, there's an asterisk there, most of you, okay? Most of you have never taken any time to jump into the world and immerse yourself in what it has to offer so that you can... You, it, it's, it's almost like trial and error. You just catch and release. You figure out what do you want to do eventually... You end up doing something that sparks an idea or that that just lights a fire inside of you and you realize, man, I really love this. I could do this every day. And that's how people um, people who, 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 who wake up every day and are excited about what they get to do every day, that's how they discover it. It's a, it's a lot of times through trial and error. And, and for you if, you, if you decided early on when you were 16, 17, 18, when you were in high school, what you wanted to go major in and then get your degree in, and, and then you went to school, you got your degree, and then you pursued your career, and you love it, and you love it. You're, you're happy, no regrets there, no second, you know, no second thinking it, okay? I, I, would, I would guess, and I don't know, but I would guess that those people are the exception, that they're not the rule. I, I think they're probably the, the vast minority. And most people who go that route, they end up either switching careers or switching career fields or going back to school all over again for what they really wanted to go to school well, for. Well, I would say it's about 50-50 split of the people who I know who have college degrees of those who use the degree that they went to school for and those who have a completely different career. For instance, my mother has a medieval history degree from the University of Colorado. I ha- She works in HR. So- well, think about all the people that we know. Think about yeah. Sal. Think about Aaron. Think about Will. Will has a, chi- a child education yeah. degree. And it's just crazy. <laughs> None, literally, and these are all successful people. They're all successful people. Now, that being said, I don't want to make it I don't want you guys to think that, that I don't think there's a place for college. I actually did go to college for three years, and um, and I guess I'll just finish that story really quick. But thankfully, my mom talked me out of the $200,000 of debt for undergrad <laughs> because they sure as hell were not going to pay you for know, that. You know how she talked her out of it? All right, Grace, well... Just so you know, it's on you. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I think I just don't even realize. I didn't even realize. Like at 18 years old, you don't realize the magnitude of two hundred thousand dollars because, well, maybe some of you might, but I sure as heck did not. And and you know, I started thinking about okay, what are the things that I could get with two hundred thousand dollars? I could get a damn house with two hundred thousand dollars, you know. And it's like, anyway, that's getting off topic. But any moral of the story, I ended up going to um, St. Louis University for a year, and I got academic scholarship there. They have a great academic scholarship program. I also got a field hockey scholarship because it was a Division One program. I played there for a semester, and I hated it. And so then I transferred halfway through my freshman year to Mizzou. And listen to this craziness. This, this really has nothing to do with anything. But my first semester at SLU cost more than my entire education at Mizzou. And if I would have applied to Mizzou from the get-go, instead of going to SLU first, I would have actually been paid to go to school. See, that, see this, is, this, is, this is cool. All right. So a lot of times, and, and the reality is that's just state schools. Right. State schools around the country, a lot of times they do. They will take care of 
uh, their residents. Like if you're like she's a resident, she was a re- resident Even of like Missouri. Even like neighboring states, like Arkansas has an in-state program for Missouri kids. Well, well, that's cool, and I don't know if that's ubiquitous. Like I don't, I don't know if that's yeah, everywhere, that's but I know for a fact that everywhere, no matter where you live, the state schools. Um, offer really great opportunities for in-state residents to go at least cost-effectively. Yeah, now that, well, now that's well, also this, merit-based though. Yeah, and, like it's a merit-based scholarship. Oh, one hundred percent. But but that's but even if you just pay for it outright, like I I, I know that I looked in yeah, in New York. Yeah, there's in-state tuition. Exactly, I looked in New York and there was in-state yeah. tuition yeah. and it was like peanuts. Like we, yeah. we could definitely afford it. Yeah. Okay, so so there's something to be said about that. Like if 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 yeah, I but were who wants to go to the University of New York? Listen, no, it was you, Albany, actually. <laughs> yeah. but, but well, that's but, what I mean. <laughs> but but if if I were to consider going to school, that's exactly what I would do. I would mm-hmm. go to an in-state school in-state tuition try to take advantage of those merit-based opportunities because i will just say that they seem fairly priced okay now that is putting aside my opinion about whether or not uh higher education and college is even necessary in general but if i were to do it i would go to a state school well that's kind of the point that i want to touch on next and it's funny like i didn't apply to mizzou right out of high school because i was so like I'm not going to state school, like, because everybody in my friend group was like applying to like these crazy schools, and I was like, I'm not going to be the one that applies to state school. I was so stubborn, stupid ass me. Like, yes, if I go back to tell my 18 year old self, I would have been like, apply to the state school. You're gonna have way more fun, and you're actually gonna get paid to go to school, and it's gonna be great. But anyway, (laughs) that's you know, you live and you learn. But I think that college is necessary not necessary but i do like the idea of college for the college experience at least for a few years i think it op- for people who haven't had as much life experience there's so much value in going into a profession straight out of high school too, or a trade school or going into the armed forces like you can get life experience a bunch of different ways but for someone who is following the college track there's so much to be said about having a, a really enriching college experience as well. But do I think it's necessary for all degrees or all professions, excuse me? No. Well, well, here's the deal, okay? And if you really listen to Grace talk about this concept or this topic carefully, which obviously we didn't get too much into her own personal experience on purpose, but we didn't get too much into that today. But like I can tell you from listening – Grace had an amazing college experience, okay? Amazing. And it had nothing to do with school. Nothing. Like it had literally nothing literally to do with school. Literally zero. It was a social experience, okay? So she still paid all of that money, tens of thousands of dollars, to get a social experience, not an educational experience. Therein lies my problem. Is like, is like, I am very, very well read, um, despite the fact that I swear a lot and I, I speak, you know, in pretty basic language. Honest um, to God, I, Mark is one of the most intelligent people I've ever met in I, my life. I, I actually have a, and this is just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, it's not a flex, but I actually have a very extensive vocabulary. English, um, English and philosophy, th- those were my favorite. That was like my my jam. Like I wasn't like a math and science person. I was English and history and specifically English. And I really liked writing. Right. So I'm very well read. Um, I, I know a little bit about a lot of things. And the truth is. And what I what I really, truly believe is that if you're motivated to learn something, OK, we live in an era 
where never in the history of Earth has there been more information more easily accessible than now, than yeah, today. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish, right? And, 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 I, and I get it that some people need to be led through certain things. But what I have personally experienced, and I'll, tell, I'll share this, this one example with you to demonstrate exactly what I'm trying to say. So uh, my ex, all right, so I was with somebody else, I don't even know, five years ago. Um, she, went to, uh, she went to undergrad. She got a psychology degree. And we were together through that whole, for most of that. And, and so I would, I would read psychology, read up on psychology so that I could sort of just uh, talk to her about the stuff that she was going to school for. Plus, I'm, very, I'm, I'm really, really interested in psychology. It was, it was more just selfish. But, but it was great because I could keep up with her, right? And then she decided to go to uh, graduate school for mental health counseling. And so when she did, I, I actually was in prison at this point. I literally just asked her to send me the book she was reading. Like I, I bought, we bought two copies. She sent me the book, and I went through the book at sort of the same pace as her class. So that again, I, I was just we were on the same level. We could talk about it. We could conversate. And and essentially, what what I literally did was I educated myself, like a novel a novel fucking idea. I really love psychology. I love understanding how the human brain works. I love understanding why people think and behave and interact the way that they do. I love it. I love it. So you know what? I bought the fucking book and I read it. And I didn't just read it. I read it and I tried to understand it. I didn't just memorize it. I, I would conversate. I would ask questions. I would write things down. I'd journal. I'd explore the thoughts. I taught to myself. I was self-educated. And, and I went through the entire curriculum that she went through in her graduate school. And so my argument and my, my counter a lot of times is like, if it's going to cost you $70,000 a year to learn, because I do believe that there are a very small number of professions and fields that like, I need you to have a, I need you to have a college. I, I need you to be qualified in educators, that, medical in, field. In, in that sense, I do need you to, I do need you to be qualified. But even in those fields, I still think there's an opportunity for people to acquire the knowledge and the understanding that they really need in order to get started. Because there's two aspects, in my opinion, there's two aspects of qualification, okay? I fucking hate it when people say, oh, well, I have a degree in this, so I'm qualified. Oh, well, I have a certification in this, so I'm qualified. A certification and a degree alone does not make you qualified for anything, all right? Let's just put that out there. It's knowledge plus experience that makes you qualified, all right? So when I say that, the, that there's... That there's more information available to us than there ever has been in the history of Earth. And that you can almost, you can learn, you can thoroughly explore the subject matter of any single topic that you want on your own without a college professor guiding you along the way. If you're self-motivated to learn the same way that I was, you can prepare yourself for the second aspect of qualification, which is experience. Knowledge comes first, right? And I, I gained all, I obtained all the knowledge that I needed on my own and then it takes being an apprentice then it takes going out and getting some internships or whatever that's step two that's the experience part of it and i probably could have become qualified to help people with mental health counseling with and and here's the deal i really love that stuff maybe someday i will but my point is taking out or or t um 
sort of like removing those very few fields. Like if you want to be a doctor, you want to be an educator, you want to be a you lawyer. know, yeah, lawyer, psychologist, taking out those few fields, okay? N- none of you need to go to college. None of you. Like literally, you can obtain the knowledge and the experience that you need in order to gain qualifications in the industry or the space that you want to work in on your own. Yeah, but here's the thing, Mark. I want to circle back to what you just said. You said if people are motivated. Self-motivated. Which people are not motivated. People, Do you know how many people that I went to school with who didn't even go to class? Like, I I literally say would tell you that probably two-thirds of my friends didn't even go to class, let alone. That's crazy. Yeah. They're paying thousands of dollars. I mean, even me, sometimes I was not a regular class skipper, but... I had many friends, particularly my business major friends, who didn't even show up. Yeah, but I think I think that it, I think that part of it. This is this is kind of it's related to the problem. the The root of the problem is just what we've normalized as an expectation here in this country. That when you graduate from high school, you just need to choose a major, then you need to go to college, and then you need to start your safe career. Okay, and when when kids get bulldozed into that that progression then of course they're not they're not motivated right. of course they're not motivated yeah, to course. go to class so for me at that point in my life even though i was only 20 years old 21 years old okay but i had i i had discovered something that lit that fire for me i actually wanted to learn right like what a fucking novel idea when you discover what you want to do and explore you just automatically dive deeper into it because you realize that you're not qualified to, to operate in this space. Like, that's how it should happen. I have a funny story. It's kind of related, but kind of unrelated. I was sitting at Father's Day brunch. Did I tell you the story already? I don't think so. I was sitting at Father's Day brunch this year, a couple of weeks ago. And Wait, was I there? No. Oh. You don't come to my family gatherings. Wait, I to, did I go to Mother's Day brunch? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I went to a brunch with you guys. But anyway, uh, go yeah, ahead. no, you went to Mother's Day brunch. Got it. No, this is with my father's day brunch with my extended family. And it was the first time that my whole family or it was the first time that I had been at a family gathering in probably two years or so. So it was great. I was so excited. I I grew up really, really close with my extended family. So it was fun to see everybody. And um my cousin, who's a year younger than me, was in uh the same sorority as I was at Mizzou and is also at Mizzou and she is a business major and she's awesome. I mean, she is, she, we were really, really close for a long time and she's going to go on to do some incredible things and I love her so much and I don't want this to come off as a shot at her at all, but we were sitting there talking about a college education and she was sitting there talking about all of the opportunities that she's had. She's in a special business program at Mizzou, which takes them around quarterly to Fortune 500 companies and gets them, you know, meetings with like the chief officers of those uh, Fortune 500 companies. It's a really incredible program. And um, she earned her way in there. And my grandma then turned to me and I sat there and told her how awesome my business was doing and explained that my boyfriend just quit his amazing job to come and be my business partner because he believed in the idea so much. And, um, you know, it was, I literally sat there probably talking to her for, which by the way, I I mean, when I quit my job, like guys, I was doing really well. Okay. So like, 
like it's not like her deadbeat boyfriend that she just met, you know, that that's uh, doesn't has a college dropout or anything, just quit his job. And, and well, that's he, what at, at that, maybe that's what they think about you because you never come around. Well, they you just, know? He, it's not it's not like he just quit his job at Wendy's to just go all in on the business. Like I just quit a job where I made, you know, a quarter million dollars a year. Uh, and it was a cushy job. It was a great job. And and honestly, had I stayed, I'd, I'd probably end up making, you know, well into the six figures as a salary every year for an easy job. So it's not like, you know, just my my boyfriend that works at the McDonald's drive through right. just came. Okay, it's somebody who's actually qualified. So we're sitting there and I, and I spent probably 20 minutes and I'm super excited, you guys. Like, this is the first time I've seen my family since I've started the business. I'm excited to catch them up on what I've been doing with my life because things are going so well. And my grandma ends, like, cuts me off and she's like, oh, but Gracie, please tell me, please tell me that you've still been taking online classes this whole time, right? You're going to finish your degree. And I was like, like, I literally Gracious. snapped to her. I'm like, I don't snap my family. Like, my family, like, I am, like, the pious child. Like, I... My parents might tell you otherwise, but at least like my elders, like my aunts and uncles and my grandparents, like I am as respectful as it could possibly be. And I was like, no, I said, you know what, grandma, I'm generating more revenue per month than any of my peers will for probably the next 10 years of their life. Seriously. Like, and, and that's not like a flex, like that's like a, a fact of the matter. And it's just because we took a chance, you know, and it's like, I, I wish, and, and this is another follow-up story, which... I think is relevant. So today, I, when I was at lunch with my mom and my family for my brothers. But I, I want to ask the question, like, for what? Like, if you literally asked well, your grandma. Well, that's what I told her. Like, for what? No, that's what like, I told her. Like, why would I do I, that? I, sorry, I did forget that piece. I said, I, I, I think I did say, for what? I said, grandma. And I said it in front of my cousin. I, I know that it made her uncomfortable. So I felt really bad afterwards. But I said, grandma, if for whatever reason I go back into corporate America and I'm applying for a job, I have experience as a business owner. Experience, that's the key word, experience as a business owner. If you look at an application of mine and someone that's fresh out of college with a business degree, they're gonna choose me. I, like 100%, 100% of the time I have experience as a business owner. Like, And honestly, if it's true, true corporate America, they might choose the person with a business, a business degree fresh out of college, but this is where this leads into my next story. So my family friend, my mom's good friend, I went to grade school with a girl. She has a job in Chicago with some software company and she graduated from a really cushy, like, I forgot what they call It's like the Ivy leagues. It's like something Ivy league. Like it's not the Ivy league, but it's like the next tier down. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it, was a great school, very expensive, graduated with a degree in, I want to say like marketing, maybe she works for this software company in Chicago, completely virtual. She's only allowed to go into the office, which the office building holds eight floors in a downtown Chicago building. And it's completely empty except for the one day a week on Wednesday when they're allowed to come in if they want to. Otherwise, she works completely remotely in her shoebox apartment in Chicago and makes cold sales calls all day long. She oh. graduated with a business degree and got into this quote unquote awesome corporate job that is like this cushy job that everybody wants because with X software company, and she literally sits in her shoebox apartment in the suburb of Chicago, 
making sales calls to companies asking if they want to buy this software program. Do you know how hard it is to make well, a cold well, to, call? To, to be fair, to be hold on, to be fair, because I didn't know Grace was going to share. To be fair, I do. I can. I can. Add, I can add something here. To be fair. In any marketing or sales role, that's entry level position. I that that's entry totally level. Totally understand. But the, the the point that you're making is that you paid one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars for this degree, and you get out and you still start. And, the, and you still start in the same place that I would. Well, not if I only that. Applied. Not only that, but most of these companies require you to pay all that money to come and work for them in an entry level sales job. Isn't that crazy? That's the crazy part. Like this girl, this poor girl, and not only that, like, but being young and being in your 20s and having coworkers that you can go out with for drinks after work, especially when you're in a cool city like Chicago that has an insane nightlife, like that sucks that she's literally sitting in her apartment by herself. Like, wouldn't you be miserable? Like yeah. you literally, that's off topic, I mean, but anyway. Yeah, that's person to person. Yeah, but, but like, holy mo, I would be miserable. It, I would be it, miserable. It really is crazy. And so like in conclusion, you know, we, we really just wanted to kind of just start this conversation. And a lot of our, a lot of our episodes are going to be that way, guys. They're just going to be us starting the conversation. Don't take it as an open and closed conversation. If you guys had things to add, thoughts, you disagree with us. Even if you disagree with us, that's cool. Let's talk about it. Um, that's something that I want to normalize too. Um, but in conclusion, you know, it's just, I think that we, we've got to, I think that we unconsciously, and maybe not you as an individual, but we as a society, we unconsciously uh, perpetuate the expectation that is is current, right? The expectation that you need to go to high school, then you need to apply to colleges, then you need to go to college right out of high school, and then you need to use your degree and get a job, and 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 that. And let's just acknowledge. Let's just acknowledge. Grace and I are just trying to acknowledge that maybe that is not the right path for all people. The right path for everybody, and 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 maybe. Um, I think that we, if we just acknowledge that much, then maybe we could loosen the force behind the expectation because kids feel it. These 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, they feel it. And let's also normalize having this conversation, like having the conversation the same way that I did with Grace when she was thinking about quitting her job and she said, and she felt like she needed some it, it, immediately. She said, I, I can't quit my job if I don't know what I'm going to do next. No, motherfucker. Yes, quit your job and then figure it out. Because because guess what? It doesn't matter whether you're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 25, 30, right? If you're trying to, you can't, you can't possibly... You can't possibly figure it out. If you think that you need something immediately to go into next in order to leave where you're currently at, your current situation, well, you're, you're going to be stuck in the same problem most likely because you didn't give yourself that time to really figure out what it is that you actually want to do. And then the other thing is I get this a lot from people um, because I talk so much about living a life of passion and purpose and discovering what you truly love doing and, and, and finding some finding a way to, to, to build your life around work that gets you excited every single day that wakes you up so that you can so that you're excited to go tackle and make progress every day. I talk so much about that and I have over the years that people feel like they need to be in, in that spot, in that position 
all the time. So no matter what age you are, people will reach out and they're like, man, I just, I want to find something I'm passionate about. And, 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 and they don't know if that means maybe they need to quit their job, they need to do this. Let me make this clear too. You have to, I don't care who you are. Everybody has to spend some time doing something that they don't love in order to earn the opportunity to do the things that you do love, okay? Even if it's something as simple as like educating yourself as educating yourself, as, as earning that qualification, whether that's knowledge or experience, most of the time, the qualifying period of time, right, whether it's you self-educating or going to college or, and then, and then the gaining the experience through internship or apprenticeship, most of the time, that shit's not enjoyable. Most of the time, you don't love it, especially if you're doing like an unpaid internship or, you know, if you're self-educating like I was, it takes forever. You know, it's boring as hell. You're spending all your spare time. You're not going out with your friends. You're not, you're, you're, you're passing up on opportunities to, to be young and be wild and, and have fun be, to do the boring stuff because it's a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage. Like I am so happy with my life. Like I, I really am. I t I've talked to Grace about this a lot. Like I'm so happy. Like I get excited about my work. I get excited about my play. I get excited. I love my house. I love my dogs. I love my girlfriend. I am so happy. And, and people see that part of it now. Like they see it now. And I want that for all of you. Like, like trust me. I, you, you don't even realize. Like I'm rooting, I'm rooting harder for you than the people in your own fucking life. Like I, I, I want it for everybody. I want it so bad. That's at the root of my mission. But let me be clear. Like before this, guys, I did a lot. I did a lot of hard fucking work. Like I'm talking, I did a lot of hard work. I did the self-educating. I did the experience, uh, you know, gaining the experience to be, be qualified. I've trialed, trialed and errored. I've, I've invested my every dollar that I have over and over again. I've lost every dollar I've had. I've had to start over. I did a lot. Okay, you, you guys didn't see the trials only because I wasn't, I wasn't in the position that I'm in now when I was doing all that. So I just, I just want to make that clear is well, that I, I go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm still in that phase. You're still me. in it. You really are. That, you know, and not to say that I don't love Mark and I don't love our dogs and you know, I don't love the life that we're building, but like, but guys, like you haven't found your thing yet that I you really want to do. I haven't found my thing. I mean, I love, I love what we do. Is it my passion in life? No, no, no it's my and passion. I was literally just thinking about that today on my drive home. I was like, you know, I do love what I do, and I'm I'm excited at that we have flexibility. But it is not my. You're in that phase, and let passion. me and let me actually paint the picture. How it's so cool because we were talking like for example, uh, one of I don't know if Grace knows this, this is one of my goals, but I know it's also kind of one of her goals. One of my goals is like to, well, no, I can't say this publicly, but 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 Grace really loves baking. Okay, so maybe someday. Um, Grace ends up opening up, up up a bakery or like a cookie business or or something like that or a pie well, business, right? But hold on. Okay. But <laughs> but she doesn't necessarily love what we're doing right now. She's good at it, but she doesn't love it. So this is the period. This is the period where she's learning some of the things that she needs in order to be qualified to start another business. This is the experience. This you is guys. this is the earning the experience, <laughs> yeah. right? And then and then not only that, she's doing something currently that she doesn't she doesn't actually love. We may end up she, I may need her to do this for a year or two years or whatever in order to create the opportunity for her to do what she actually loves yeah. to do. And you know what? She might be fucking 25 you know, and start a business and have a thriving business in a completely different industry that she absolutely loves. And, and guys, 
people feel like they need to have this shit figured out by the time they're 18. Or they need to have this shit figured out by the time they're 21. I need to know what I'm doing with my life. No, you just need to know what direction you're headed in. And then in the meantime, if you, if you have no idea what you want to do with your life, you know what you do? Try, try to gain experience that will be valuable to you no matter what direction you go mm-hmm. in. And that's sort of the direction that, that yeah, that's, that's the position that you're I'm in right, right now. now. That's for sure. But, but cool. Uh, Man, you got I any last love- words? Uh, just that I would love to kind of like expand maybe one episode here in the future on like a little bit more about like my path and like advice to people who are, you know, in a similar position. Cause I know that you could contribute a lot to that too. And just like making that jump and like what it's looked like for me, but I don't want to make that jump to like drop out of school. I was a part of that. Oof, and yeah. then also that Grace was terrified. Okay. And I'm, and I'm over here in her ear. Grace, fuck that shit. You don't need college. Nah, I don't, but I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away. Cause I do think it would be a fun, even if it's just me talking for 15 minutes yeah, yeah, and no, you know, no, no. whatever. Guys, but. if you guys would be interested in that, let us know, like, let us know, but love you guys. Appreciate you. Grace and I are going to go to this like little local event that they have here where, what is it? What are we it's even going called, to? It's um, called Grub and Groove. It's okay. at a little park. It's like food trucks and, and music. music and just good summer summer stuff you Listen, know support a local business here and uh and get tag out us. and get out in your neighborhood <laughs> all right but uh love you guys we'll talk to you again soon bye